definitely prepare, give yourself as much advantage as possible, and I think that's what we've done. Um, but you just kind of have to do it, and you have to jump into it and give it everything you've got. And it, uh, nothing, nothing comes easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, the more uh, more due diligence I've given it, the more I've gotten back from it. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you so much for joining us. On this show, I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers, and help them tell their origin stories. These stories are inspiring and also is so fun to get to know our neighbors and business better. So thank you for being here. And thank you for those of you who are loyal listeners and you're back with us. Today, I'm so excited to welcome my guest. He spent years as an educator and left to pursue his own business in East Idaho, Welcome, Brandon Seeger of Seeger Built Signs Company. Hi, thank you. So glad to have you here, Brandon. Thank yep. you for being on the show. Glad to be here. Well, we're excited to hear your story, but for the listeners who may not know about your business, tell us a little bit about Seeger Built Signs. So um, Seeger Built Signs is a uh, family operated. Obviously, it's our last name, Seeger. Um, it's primarily my dad and I. Uh, dad, we... Uh, our partners in it. Dad's sixty percent. I'm forty percent. We're. Uh, oh, you're the junior. Partner. Yes, I, I am. The, I am the junior partner. It usually has to do with how much money each of us bring to the table. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm young. I'm broke. I oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, so you and your dad. So yeah, dad and I. Um, you know uh, how basically how we got to this point um, to having our own business with Seagerbelt Sign Company. We got started on accident. Um, dad, and, before you go on, what yes. is Seeger Belt Signs? Like signs, like if I was going to put a sign at my business, a big old sign that's neon, or are we talking a banner? What are we talking about? Okay, so and that's actually a really good question. Um, Seeger Belt Signs, we primarily deal with vinyl signs. So our specialty is vehicle wraps. Um, we we may mainly stick to that. We'll, we'll do banners and stuff like that. We don't do they call them pylon signs, the big. Um, uh, signs that you have like out in front of stores, big metal frames and everything like that. We don't necessarily do that. We would like to get there one day, but right now we, there's enough business to go around for the vehicle wraps and vinyl signs. And the vinyl side. signs. And that includes, I think I saw on maybe a scoreboard, you had a section of it that you did for a bank or something? Yes, yeah, so that, that was for Idaho Central Credit Union. We did that um, here in Rigby, actually, uh, for the football field. They were the their primary sponsors, I guess, and so, yeah, we-, we So you just added that part yep, to the scoreboard. We just put that on, so. Yeah, okay, so your work is running around on vehicles and also perhaps banners and things, signs such as that. Nature. Yes, yes. Got exactly. it, got it. Okay, but primarily your vehicle wraps is your specialty. Yes, yes. Okay, got it. Now we're all together on what you do. So talk to me about how your dad and you started this. So um, how, how this came to be, dad, he's one of those um, jack of all trades and he's passed that on to me. Whenever I was basically a newborn, dad used to own his own auto body shop. Um, and he loved it. He left it later. He became an educator, a, a shop teacher. And then years down the road, probably, I think I was probably 
maybe 12 or 13, something like that. Um, we, we were getting into painting. He was doing a lot of airbrushing and he wanted, uh, airbrushing, a, a, like meaning like detailed kind of yes. port, not uh, portraits, but like art. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so amazing. We, he was getting into that. And so what he wanted was a, um, a stencil machine. So basically a cutter for, for this vinyl and stuff like that. He went out and bought a little two foot wide one. Once, once we got that, word got out really fast that we had it and everybody was asking if we could put stuff on their windows and we're like, it's money. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, we'll, we'll take your money. Sure. And so we, we started doing that and um, it eventually turned into something big. You know, it, it uh, probably about five years ago, we started getting into really big machines, getting into bigger stuff. So, yeah. So did that kind of, I mean, those went together. Like I'm imagining in auto body, you're doing pinstriping and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So when we're talking about using stencils and things, is that kind of where he was going with those things? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, like I said, he loved painting and he was teaching me how to paint. We loved it. We painting flames, everything. And yeah, yeah we were using that cutter just to cut out the, cut out the patterns for it and everything. Then yeah, we'd spray it and pull it off and it looked look great. So yeah. And now, so um, I've seen a few, like uh, perhaps a razor that you did where, mm -hmm. or no, it was, it was uh, a truck that you had done that you actually put like highlights. Okay, that's not what you call them, but you know, like in mm -hmm. specific places where you made it like black, that it wasn't black. And that yeah. used to be done with paint. Now you're doing this with vinyl? Yes. Yeah, um, so we, you know, we can accent cars. Uh, that, That's that, what the name is, accent. Accents, okay, yes. Okay, thank yes. you. It's not highlights, like in my hair. <laughs> accents, yeah. yeah. Well, there's not really a technical name for it. Shoot, uh, half the time I shoot from the hip on it anyway, okay. too. So. Well, we'll go with accents. That sounds more manly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll add stuff to that. Um, we can personalize things. We design it all ourselves. Um, you know, in that particular one, um, that was uh, Mike and Fangers. Um, we actually had to do all that by hand. So, so what do you do? Like you get out the little measures and like <laughs> totally cut it. Like yeah, that's scary. So uh, there's. I noticed there's an Exacto knife sitting here yes. on the desk. You probably use that a lot. <laughs> yes. So we we do have those tools. Um, fortunately for us, what we it, there there's tools that make it easier, especially when it's on the vehicle. Because the last thing you want to do is cut on vinyl and then cut through the vehicle. No, no. Um, so there, there's actually some tools. We call it knifeless tape. We put it down. And so basically it's just tape that has a string through the center of it. You put the vinyl over the top and you pull that string and it just cuts through cuts that vinyl it. for ah, you. Ah, yes. that's pretty fancy. So, yeah. Okay. Well, there's probably lots of tricks that make that a little <laughs> bit easier. But, yeah. there, but I think what was surprising to me was the fact that um, you'd also done a razor where you actually changed the color to mm -hmm. it. This is not paint. This is vinyl. Right. So is that kind of the thing that people are doing now? Yes. So um, actually, like on Facebook, there's a lot of social media movement around like the hashtag paint is dead. <laughs> and, and that's that's it, because they're changing the colors of their vehicles. And it's all I mean, for lack of a better word, a sticker. You know? Yeah, right. Um, and um, there, there's all kinds of things that people can do with it. You can personalize it. What's really nice about that, too is I've got my pickup and the very first thing that I did is I wrapped the bed of it. 
because I've got dogs and the worst thing about dogs is dog, uh, other dogs will jump up on my bed and, and, and I'll probably kick a dog into next week when that happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> but right. so the first thing I wanted to do was wrap it because what that does is it actually protects the paint job. Yeah. So whenever, um, whenever I want to take that off, you know, warranty usually is around five to seven years on that stuff. Whenever I pull it off, I'll still have brand new paint underneath it. Isn't that interesting? So yeah. I could really change the look mm -hmm. of a vehicle and have it temporary. Yes. And, and so the expense as to paint versus vinyl is there like a huge difference um yes there definitely is now um solid color i mean i will say like we are um expensive in some regards just because we have to break it down almost like we're going to paint the whole thing we're going to take it completely apart wrap each individual piece and so it does get expensive but where basically that pays off too is any time that we have to put a design in it so like once again my pickup my pickup's kind of artsy i guess you could say um if we do anything like that you know for us to do something like that versus taking it to an auto body shop and saying hey i want this painted on that's going to be uh, that's a lot of time that yeah. goes into that yeah and so it's a lot easier and a lot less expensive for us to do it yeah well i imagine too you can envision pretty much whatever you want you you have the graphic mm -hmm. and you branding can make it happen in vinyl Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's not <laughs> dependent on me and how well I paint Yeah. because it's all cut out by these machines and yes. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. How fun. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What's yeah. the most so. exciting job that you've ever done? Oh, uh, you know, it was probably before we became, uh, I guess you could say official. <laughs> um, so it was whenever we were, we came you from You were doing Kansas. this as a side gig. Yes. Oh, in yes. Kansas. Yes. Yeah. So we, okay. We were doing this as a side gig in Kansas because I, I was a shop teacher before, kind of as you'd said at the beginning. Um, and we we were kind of poking around with this idea of eventually one day going full time. And there was a company in Kansas City that's good family friends of ours. And we went there just to get introduced to some of the stuff that we're doing now. And I walked in and the very first thing they did is they threw me on a big semi trailer. Um, for Yamaha and that one was really cool um, they they basically threw me up there and they said all right go to it and I was like I, I have no clue what I'm doing here I, I don't know anything about this um, it, it's different material that we use for wrap too I said I don't know anything about this material and they said oh you'll figure it out and so <laughs> <laughs> just learn yeah. as you go and, and so yeah we wrapped that whole semi trailer and it, it looked great I was uh, you know, and, and I guess you could probably say that's normal for people to really be proud of their first one. But yeah, I, I was really proud of it. I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Okay. So I'm imagining this larger than life sticker that you're having to put <laughs> on a surface yeah. and I can barely get like, uh, you know, a little sticker to stick someplace. So mm -hmm. is that correct? Like, do you have literally larger than life stickers, vinyl <laughs> that you're trying to place on these vehicles or or semi-trailers or trucks whatever yeah yeah so i mean basically yes it is just a one big sticker so. and they don't even put it like in sections so um how we have to do it generally so our material that we get is broke up into about 60 60 inch sections or five foot sections so we have to overlap it yeah and yeah you you start from the back and you work your way forward and just, just line that up keep the... lining it up as you go yeah. that's amazing <laughs> and and is it like wallpaper where you just have to get out the bubbles and all that kind of stuff um kind of uh it, that, that's kind of the great thing about 
the new technology and everything, they're able in the adhesive that's behind it. Um, they have air channels for whenever as you're working it, it you can kind of chase all that air right out of it. It's a lot easier um, than than some material that we do work with. There is some material that yeah, forget it. You're not getting all the bubbles out. Yeah, it's just going to be like that. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. yeah. But for the most part, everything we work with is is pretty easy. Now you are a 3M certified mm -hmm. installer, or maybe I didn't say that correctly. But what exactly does that mean? So uh, what uh, the correct term for it is a 3M preferred installer. So what that means is um, 3M is probably the biggest company that manufactures all this all the material that we that we have um we basically i've gone there taken a test and i'm basically recognized as part of the elite group uh, as being really good at what we do um so it basically if you were to call up 3m and say hey i want something done or even these big companies they said i want something done and i live here in idaho falls the person that they're going to refer you to is anybody that has 3M basically associated with their name. So there are installers that don't have this particular certification? Yes. Okay, and are they using different products different than 3M or is 3M the major thing? So 3M is major. Um, it, it's uh, it, definitely there, there are competing materials. We also like stuff like Avery Denison. They, they make a good product. Um, that, that doesn't make us exclusive to 3M. I see. It just, it just makes us, it gives us a name for just being really good at putting it on. <laughs> yeah, good, they've trained you. They're yeah. like, here's how to do this the best way and you yes. get the check mark next to your name. And yeah, yeah it's great, it's great. Um, okay, so talk to us a little bit about, I understand that you guys were doing this side gig thing and it sounds like it was your dad that got you interested, but what pulled you away from being that shop teacher and from Kansas? What, how'd you locate here to East Idaho? So it, it's, it's a funny story, really. Um, like I'd said years ago, we, we ended up getting these a lot bigger machines. Um, and we'd always kind of known that we wanted to pursue this route, go go into business for ourselves. Obviously, it's a little bit better money than teaching. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything is, but even from yeah. Kansas, huh? Kansas, yeah, yeah, darn yeah. It. Uh, uh, and it, granted, and I don't mean to dog teaching at all. I loved my job as a teacher. Um, I was a shop teacher as well. Um, I thought, honestly, my first two, three years was just bliss. I, I, I loved what I did. Um, and like I said, but on the back of our mind, we always wanted to kind of do this. What, um, did you know that you would be leaving education at some point? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of what you were working towards. Yeah. Well, the big, the big thing that changed all that was, as I'd mentioned before, we went and worked with this company in Kansas city. That's some family friends. We went there and saw what they were doing and they had the same machines that we have. Um, the only thing they really had was more employees and a bigger shop. Mm -hmm. And so we, whenever we, we were doing that truck and doing a few other vehicles and stuff like that, dad and I kind of looked at each other and said, we can do this. Like, it's possible. Yeah, it's, this isn't a super far distant venture. If we wanted to just up and leave everything and try and do this now, we sure can. And so that, that kind of is what escalated that into what it is now. Mm -hmm. um, we... The, the big thing we wanted and we didn't have at the time was our 3M certification just because that's going to put an added guarantee to our product um, and give us a little bit better name for ourselves, especially being new. Um, we, we wanted to come out here 
from the get-go with this too because where we were in Kansas, we were, we were doing great. We were in a little small small town called Ulysses, Kansas. Um, and we were, we were working a lot for a lot of the business owners that we already knew because it was a small town. And, um, but there wasn't a lot of vehicle wraps in that area. And that's what we really wanted to break into. Uh, and so we, we knew that there was a lot here. We, we come here all the time, about every year. I've got family here. My sister and brother-in-law are here. And so, and I went to school here too, I guess I should say, in, at BYUI and loved this area. I, I'd always kind of wanted to come back. That was kind of a dream of mine too. And so we, we saw all the vehicle wraps that are here too. Literally, you cannot go I don't think two blocks without seeing a vehicle that has a wrap on it or some kind of decals or something on it. And so we, we kind of talked that over and we said, you know, there's a lot of potential here. We can, we can really do this. And so, you know, like I said, we, that's at that point after we went and worked for that company in Kansas city and had our eyes open to what we can, that we're ready to kind of start doing this. We, I went and got my 3M certification after that. And then we up and left and came out here. Well, that was a bold move, Yeah, not really knowing how it was going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Had either of you had actual business experience? I mean, or was that kind of the risky part? So uh, business experience, I guess you could say unofficially. <laughs> so as I said, dad, is a, dad was a handyman. Whenever I was real little, he owned his own auto body shop. So he had a little bit of background with that. He, he knew how to start a business. Um, and start to make a name for himself. And he did that really well with his auto body shop. Um, he just left it because uh, he, he wanted, he actually, uh, well, in, in all reality, the official reason, I actually don't know why he left it for sure. <laughs> we need to get him on the show <laughs> yeah, next. Yeah, I, I know, I know. He, he'd be great. Um, but uh, so there is a little bit of background with that. But then also, um, growing up too, dad was uh, dad was great with us since he was a teacher and my mom was a teacher as well. So we always had our summer breaks all together all the time. And uh, dad was a shop teacher. We actually built houses. We added on to houses for people all the time in the summertime. And so we actually would make money. So I, I guess you could say we had a little bit of unofficial business kind of background to us there. Um, but now that we're officially in business with with our sign company, there, there's a pretty good learning curve that we're coming around. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean, a couple of things that have come into mind is that clearly you and um, you and your dad must get along okay as far as being able to have do business together. Yeah. Um, because that doesn't work out for everybody. <laughs> so do you have uh -huh. advice on how to get along with your father if you're going to go into business so uh, i guess uh, where i'd probably start with that is yes my dad and i do have a, a very very good relationship dad growing up dad was always my hero 100 <laughs> percent um now jumping into business i will say obviously that that there are going to be strains in different areas just because you're going to have different ideas and everything like that my advice to that would be it's just like a sibling relationship uh, it, you know i grew up especially with my brother who a really close age um, we fought all the time but we loved each other right you know it, you got to be quick at forgiving 
Um, and, and so, and, and not, and I don't want to make it sound like dad's done anything that. No, it's just like human relationships. Yeah. yeah you yeah. have those kind of ups and downs with any partnership. Right. And, and that's just it. You've just got to be extremely forgiving and just kind of have a short term memory with it all. You know, just forget about it. Keep going, you know, resolve your issues. If uh, whatever you need to resolve, resolve them for sure. But uh, don't hang on to it. Yeah. Just kind of treat it like a really uh, like a sibling Don't take relationship. it personally. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. yeah, it's a business thing. Yeah. yeah. And you can still love them in the, at the end of the day. Yeah. So what lessons have you learned from being in business for yourself? You said it's a little bit different now. You're in this yeah. fine business together. Yeah. So uh, the big thing is just how uh, uh, how to get into some of the bigger jobs. Uh, I, you know, uh, starting out with kind of where we were, we had our price locked in and we thought, you know, this is the price that we're, we're going to work with and that's it. But as, especially as you get into higher volumes with some of these bigger fleets, uh, you want to cut them breaks. Yeah, because <laughs> they're was, spending a lot of money. Right, yeah. and that's that was a big lesson that I'd had to learn. I submitted a few bids and man, if I could go back to those first few bids that I submitted, I'd sure change some numbers, uh -huh. <laughs> some big uh -huh. numbers. Because you didn't get those jobs. Uh, right, right. It, but it was very eye-opening and uh, definitely uh, humbling and kind of a teachable moment for me too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, so what are you saying? You're not saying that you should discount all your work, but when right. you've got a bulk, you know, when you have a big order, there's more opportunity to discount. Yeah, so the key thing that I'm looking for as far as whenever we're doing our sales pitches or, or just trying to get more clients, I'm looking for reoccurring work. And so if I can get reoccurring work, heck yeah, I'm going to cut you cut you a, a good deal. Mm -hmm. Just because if you're if you're getting vehicles on a yearly basis, I want those every year. Yeah. And, and basically I want the guaranteed work. Yeah. So. Yeah, that loyal customer means a whole lot. <laughs> yes. I understand yes. that. Okay, so question because we're in 2020 and it has been such a fun, <laughs> interesting year. Um has COVID been a challenge for you guys or what has been your biggest challenge in getting your business off the ground? Because you're still a pretty new business mm -hmm. and we have had kind of a rough year. Have you had, has that, has that, has your business been impacted by that? Um, it, it's kind of hard to say. I would almost say I don't know and I probably won't until it's all blown over. Uh -huh. <laughs> Just because um, I was talking to somebody the other day and asked them kind of the same question. And they started about the same time that we did. And they said, I guess I don't really know what normal is. And I'd say- Because you didn't have that baseline thing. before right. COVID. <laughs> right, yeah, we, we didn't get to see it just plummet. We we came right out, right as it started basically. So yeah. um, I, I guess timeline for it, I was still teaching this at the end of this last year and COVID hit and they shut all the schools down and we were in Kansas and I said, well, I'm not going to just sit here in Kansas. I said, I'm going to, I can teach online. I'm just going to move up to Idaho now. Just make so, the move. Exactly. And so we, we started up in April while I was actually technically still teaching in Kansas, <laughs> but online. And so, yeah, we, we, we don't even know what it was like before COVID hit. So I, I don't really know how much it's in fact, uh, affected us uh, completely. Do I think it has? for sure but how much i have no clue yeah well the fact that you're still in business now having been through this is actually maybe a testament to your business you know you've been yeah. able to make it work and get through that and yeah. perhaps it was really a gift that you got to come here earlier than you'd planned yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely say so yeah definitely say so well good 
So, you know, I always ask um, my guests this because I think it's really interesting to know a lot of us look at other business owners and especially somebody like you who have maybe have left a primary career and you made your side gig, your primary gig. Have you ever had feelings of self-doubt and wondered like, what the crap have I done? My teaching job paid a regular check and now here I am. Like, talk to me a little bit about that and how do you work through that? What advice do you have for others? Um, so yes, have I experienced self-doubt? <laughs> to no end. <laughs> um, I have spent a lot of time on my knees praying <laughs> just to try to get, get this going. It's been a huge investment for us. Um, and technically, I, I'm still at the point where I still haven't really had any income yet. Um, but that's, that's starting. That's all starting to kind of turn around for us. It's working out really well. Um, as far as what I would say to, uh, to kind of help people with that, aspect of it is it, it's going to happen. It, you know, a, a lot of people I think are nervous to jump into business specifically for this reason. The big thing is we, uh, it's not that we had a ton of money saved up for this. We did have some that in my own personal savings account, I really wasn't counting on using it for the business. I guess you could say I even went into this uh, a little more optimistic than I should have been. <laughs> like we're going to be fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I stepped into it and boy, uh, it was a, a very humbling. A shock. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, because there was a lot of, or, or just an extreme lack of business to start out with. And that kind of took me by surprise. I, it, in, in a lot of ways, I knew that people wouldn't be lined up at the door ready for us to do anything for them. But um, I guess in some ways I was expecting that. A little too. naive, thought yeah. they would, there would be more than what there was. Yes, yeah. uh -huh. yes. Especially with as much vehicle wraps as you see around yeah. here. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, but I mean, for people that are kind of waiting, I think the big aspect is everybody's worried about um, money, which is understandable. Um, how are they going to pay for this? Because obviously it's going to take a while for it to even pay for itself, let alone for you to get a paycheck out of it. Um, the big thing that I would say is just do it. You, 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 I mean, it's not a matter of how much you have in the bank to kind of help with this. I mean, definitely prepare, give yourself as much advantage as possible. And I think that's what we've done. Um, but you just kind of have to do it and you have to jump into it and give it everything you've got. And it, uh, nothing, nothing comes easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the more, um, more due diligence I've given it, the more I've gotten back from it. So. What do you think? Do you think that if you are, um, you're brave enough to do this, do you go in with a backup plan or do you just go in like failure's not an option? Like what, you know, what's the best way to do that? Is there a best way? Well, and I guess I don't know how to answer that completely correctly, but I guess a phrase that comes to my mind is one that was used by Ulysses S. Grant. And that says, going into battle without a plan is suicide, but going into battle with a plan and following it exactly is also suicide. You um, just adapt. Yeah, I, and I, that's just it. I, I think you kind of have to, you know, shoot from the hip a little bit every now and then. Do, do I think that you should go in without a plan? Absolutely not. Um, like I said, for us, the big thing that we wanted is we, we made sure that we had our 3M certification. Another thing is we wanted to make sure that we had no debt. 
Um, so uh, all of our equipment, we owe nothing on. It's all of ours. And so we don't have that hanging over our head. I'm not worried every month that I'm going to lose all my stuff. Yeah, making that it, payment. Yeah, it, and you know, it might not look that same way for every business. Obviously, there's going to be more investment with different businesses and everything like that. You know, there's not a cookie cutter process to this, but just making sure that you're giving yourself the greatest potential you possibly can, I think is key. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, I do also know that you have a great wife yes. that is yes. helping okay. support because she's currently working full time mm -hmm. to also help until you actually do have an income. Yes. Because that's, I mean, I understand that in our own business, that's how it worked. Like I, um, I worked in nursing for quite a few years because our business wasn't making any money. So thank you for these side yes. nursing and other, yes. cause your wife's a nurse. So shout out to nurses and <laughs> yes. way to go. Yes. Thank you for, for helping out and getting the business, yep. giving some, some, some solid foundation. So you can take a little more risk when you know that you've got, you know, at least something. Absolutely. All right. So is there anything else you want to share with the listeners? Why I've got you before I let you go? Um, the, like I said, the big thing that I would say, you know, I guess for advice anyway, is don't be afraid to do it. If you, if you're really looking at starting a business, do what we did, go, go find somebody that's really good at it and see what they're doing. And I think you'll be surprised that it's not very far off from what you're doing and that you can jump into this too. That, that was the key moment that really pushed us into it. And we're getting started. So. Yeah, that's huge. I love that because I think so many of us feel, if we get caught in that comparison game. We're like, oh, I'm not them. I can't be them. And then when you really pull back the curtain, there's nothing special. They're just yep. a few steps ahead of you. So just do it. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love that advice so much. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show today. I think your story is a great example of working towards a dream and then going for it. Thank you for taking the risk to follow your goals and for being an inspiration to those who are wondering if they should do it themselves. Because it's always nice to see, okay, if Brandon can do it, I can do it too. Yeah. So way to go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, all right, guys, just as a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for automotive repair and maintenance provided with quality and integrity, come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Thank you for joining me for the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is sponsored by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. If you're listening to this after November of 2020, it's already happened. It was a great event. Check out risecon.io. I think you can still get the recordings. You missed it if you weren't a part of it, and I promise there was great content, so check it out. Please know that you can join our monthly events um, called RiseX, and you can learn more about them at risex.io, so check them out. Um, okay, today I want to talk to you guys about something that often I get asked by business owners or leaders where they ask me, how do you get your team to buy into your into your vision and to support your goals, the goals that we have for the organization? And I kind of smile because really 
what I want to say and what I'm going to say to you is your team doesn't give a crap about your goals and your vision. And I'm sorry to be the one that breaks that to you, but what they care about is themselves. It's that old adage of what's in it for me. And it isn't that you have a bunch of selfish, lazy people working for you. We're all like this. We all care about what it is that, you know, what it is that's going to benefit us. They don't really work for you. They work for themselves. They work for the sense of significance or to feel needed. Um, they work to have a sense of validation for the things that they create. It's a, it's a way of self-identity. Um, they don't even really work for what money buys them or what for money, but they work for what money buys them. So it's an interesting thing that we've got to wrap our minds around that um, we really can't force them to buy into our vision because our, if our vision doesn't align with why and and what why they're there and what they want to do, it's not likely that you're ever going to get them to buy into your vision. So what do we do? What I would rec- what I recommend that you do is to learn more about what their vision is. Find out what motivates them and align with it. Align with align with what motivates them with your goals. And the thing that I love to ask people to do or or help people to do is define success. So we have to really understand what our definition of success is. If our definition of success is, I want to make a million dollars, then sure, we can, you know, we'll align your life so you can make a million dollars. But if you want to make a million dollars and be at home and never travel and only work three hours a week, there might be some incongruency there. Um, and so you have to really define what your goals are. Let me tell you a story. Um, Linda Glindo is my mentor and she does a lot of consulting with healthcare. And so I use this story of hers because it makes so much sense to me. Um, as a nurse, I worked with a lot of physicians and surgeons and she had an opportunity to work with a particular surgeon where she was asking him what was his definition of success. He had been, he was miserable and in his OR, it was a miserable setting and he was kind of a little tyrant. And so the individuals in that OR definitely didn't feel like they, it was a safe environment. They were never going to speak up if something was going to go wrong because he created this environment that was just awfully, he clearly hated his job. So you can apply that in your own life. Have you ever worked with anybody who was clearly miserable in their job and made it a point to make everybody else know that they were miserable, that their life was miserable? Um, Well, what Linda would say is that they have not defined success um, because if they define success, they would find that they are not living it. And that's why they're miserable every day. So she talked about this particular surgeon and how she was talking to him about defining success and what is success to you. And he kept saying, I, you know, I work in this environment where they give me these children, these people straight out of school. They don't know what they're doing. They put them in my OR and I have to train them. And I, you know, I want a team that knows how to work with me and understands the work that I'm doing and is skilled and, and, and really evolved in, in the work that they're doing. And, and, um, the other hospitals have all this equipment that they've that they buy for their surgeons. And I have to work with all of this old stuff. And anyway, just kept going on with all of the barriers that he had. And she's like, okay, okay. I get that. You know what you don't want, but what, what do you want? And he's like, well, 
also, I, I want to be able to spend time with my family. I've bought this boat and I'm never able to be out with them. And my wife is always on me about never being around. And I don't have any work-life balance. And, you know, and he just kept going on and on. And she's like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So what does success look like to you? What is it that really actually would be success to you? And finally, she broke him down. He was like so irritated and she broke him down and he started, he, he, no, he said to her rather abruptly, he said, this is what will make, this is what I define as success. I want to make a million dollars. I want to work independently and I want a flexible schedule. And then he started sobbing from his toes to the top of his head because he'd finally told the truth about what he really wanted. And at the exact same moment, he realized that he couldn't have it. And I think that sometimes that happens to us. Well, because let me just explain that. When you're a surgeon, you're not going to have a flexible schedule. You might make a million dollars, but you're certainly not going to work alone. And so it was this reality check, like, crap, my life circumstances do not meet the blueprint that I have created in my head of what I want my life to be. There's, you know, they do not equal. And so he has an opportunity, right, to change his life circumstances or his blueprint. And oftentimes we avoid defining success because it's too difficult to face. We're too scared that if we actually define it, it's going to be like the situation where here, here's the surgeon who'd been to school for 12 years and he's facing down the reality of he's not happy because this is not what his, he had, he had had in his head as his blueprint. So the problem with that theory is if we don't define it, then we don't have to deal with it. The problem is you still make everyone around you miserable. And it's kind of like avoiding writing a will. Like if I never write a will, then I won't die. Actually, you will, you know, it still happens, right? And that's the same thing's going to happen in your life where you're not happy, um, where you're working in a job or living in a place or in a marriage, whatever the case may be, that does not meet your definition of success. And again, you have a choice, like you change your life circumstances or you change your blueprint. So again, I don't mean to go way down this road, but the reason that you want to spend time with your employees and have them really define success is because they may realize that it, they may never be able to define their definition of success in the environment that they're in. Or the best scenario, and it usually happens, is that they can define success and then you, as the owner, operator, leader, can help them live that. The best scenario is you define success and you go to someone who can help you achieve what that is. And I'll, and I'll just remind you, um, remind you that the definition of success, living your definition of success, defining success, that is not a job. That is not a goal. It is a state of being. So for example, your definition of success might be, I work in a supportive environment of like-minded professionals who value relationships and creativity. Well, that can happen in a lot of different places. But if that's the case, if that's your definition, um, are you actually working in a place where that happens? And you might be like, no, I don't. Why did I write that? It's not even possible where I am. It's a dumb definition of success. It's not dumb. If something like that, you know, if, if something like that happens, you got to face it and figure it out. Um, but I promise you in the end, 
it's a much more rewarding life and experience. So as a leader, if we can help our teams to do this, help them define success. If they said to this to you, I work in a supportive environment of like-minded professionals who value relationships and creativity. If we can help create that environment, they will go to bat for you to get you to your vision, your goals, whatever it whatever it is that our team is working towards. So again, it takes some time and it's an investment in our teams, but it's totally worth it. Um, if you're interested in definition of success, if I can help you with this, please reach out to me. I love this stuff. I've got a tool that you can use um, that helps helps you define success for yourself, for your teams. I'm happy to be a resource for you on this. So please reach out to me. You can get me um, on Facebook or Instagram, just direct message me, or you can send me an email at renee.oswaldserve, S-E-R-V, at outlook.com. Um, I would be happy to help anytime. So please reach out to me. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Business Leadership Moment. Come back again next week for another amazing guest, and we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.